Welcome to our service of worship here at All Saints Church at Sunnyview Manor. Uh, It is my privilege to welcome you as we join in worship this morning. Uh, This is the first Sunday of the month of September, and as is our custom, on the first Sunday of the month, we take communion together. Uh, You were invited to take some with you from the table in the back there, and that will happen later uh, near the end of the service. Just a word of warning, we uh, last month tried this for the first time. They are a little difficult to open, uh, so take your time when we get to that point. Don't feel like you have to rush to get it done while we're doing it there. Uh, As you're able, feel free to open the elements uh, when we get to that time in the service. Let's begin by singing the hymn, Amazing Grace. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Happy are those whose hope is in the Lord. Our God is a God of healing and help and hope. Our God will keep faith with all generations. Let us pray together the prayer of the day. Gracious God, throughout the ages you transformed sickness into health and death into life. Open us to the power of your presence 
and make us a people ready to proclaim your promises to the whole world. Through Jesus Christ, our healer and Lord. Amen. The first reading, Isaiah 35, 4-7. Say to those who are fearful heart, Be strong, do not fear. Here is your God. He will come with vengeance. He will tremble with treble, terrible recompense. He will come and save you. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. For waters shall break forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool, and the thirsty ground springs of water. The haunt of jackals shall become a swamp, and the grass shall become reeds and rushes. This is the word of the Lord. Reading Psalm 146 responsibly. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God. Who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord will reign forever, your God, O Zion, for all generations. Has not God chosen the poor of the world to be rich in faith 
and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the excellent name that was invoked over you? You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. Whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one part has become accountable for all of it. For the one who says you shall not commit adultery also says you shall not murder. Now if you do not commit adultery, but if you murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith and you do not have the works, the acts of faith? Can faith save you? If a brother or a sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works or acts according, is dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to Mark, the seventh chapter. 
From there he set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, Let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that you may go, the demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed, and the demon gone. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went by way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. They brought to him a deaf man who had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him aside in private away from the crowd and put his fingers into his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephaphatha, that is, be opened. And immediately his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one, but the more he ordered them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. The Gospel of our Lord. When you imagine God, if you think about it just for a few moments, and you try to imagine God, picturing somehow in your mind God, what comes to mind? How do you envision God? And now, follow-up question, how do you envision God feels about you? What do you think God thinks when God thinks about you? Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Sam, it is way too early to be asking these kinds of big, heady questions. I haven't had my coffee yet. I understand. I've only had one cup, and I need more, but we'll get there. Some people mistakenly think that when they're thinking of God, there's somehow this very, very, very old white guy in a beard hanging out in the clouds. By the way, this is way too small a view of God. Others think of God as a constantly angry and violent being, just waiting to smack us over the head with a hammer when we mess things up. But when you think of God, what comes to mind? How do you envision God? What do you think God's character is like? Well, these are not small questions, are they? But they're certainly important questions. These are what you might call theological questions. Anytime we try to describe God's being, God's character, God's nature, we are doing the work of theology. And theology is just a word that simply means the study of God. For thousands of years, the Judeo-Christian tradition has talked about God via stories. 
There are numerous stories included in the Bible. There are numerous stories spanning the 2,000 years of church history. There are stories about God's actions. There are ways people have attempted to describe God. And there's even artwork aiming to depict something of the character and nature of God. As you might expect, describing a being whose existence is eternal and whose presence is limitless and whose power is immeasurable is difficult. In fact, it's almost impossible. That is, unless God decides to reveal God's self to us, which is what Christians have claimed God has done. God showed us who God is. Our lectionary reading from the Psalms this morning has some amazing things to say about who God is. The psalmist wrote, The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord watches over strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. And that's just a short list from one psalm. This is only one among many amazing passages that tell us about the character traits, the attributes of who God is. And out of that, what God does. At the heart of this poetic, lyrical description of God is a window into God's heart. God loves us. God wants us to be free from things that shackle us. God cares about our physical well-being. God cares for the most vulnerable people. This is a wonderful picture of God. Sometimes we forget, right, who God is. And that forgetting can lead us to despair and discouragement. And one of the reasons that God's people gather regularly, like we are doing right now, this morning, is to remember, regularly remember, who God is. Remember God's character. To have a weekly or, or even more often, regular reminder, this is who God is. Today, there are communion elements available, as I mentioned at the beginning of the service. And every time we take communion, we are always reminded of God's character, God's self-sacrificial love for you and for me. Remembering God's character is not just about a soothing set of ideas that we just think about in our minds. Remembering God's character will actually change how we interact with God. Imagine if you only ever thought God was angry with you all the time, 24-7. That would shape how you interact with God, right? Or if you saw God as distant, aloof, disconnected from you, that would shape how you interacted with God. But the long story of our faith reveals a God who is close, who's engaged, who's loving, who's gentle, who's present in all things. God hears every one of our prayers. God is present in every one of our griefs, pains, and sorrows. We're never truly alone, even if we feel alone. We're loved even when we don't feel lovable, or we have a hard time loving ourselves. In a different place in Scripture, the Apostle John writes in his first letter, 
God is love. It's a bold three-word statement. If God is love, then God's love never changes. It is present and eternal, and it is life-changing. So what do we do with all this amazing theology, right? Well, my invitation for you this week is to take some time and just sit with it. Sit with the truths of the scriptures, of our traditions. Soak in the reality of God's love for you this week. Know, not only in your head, but deeply in your heart and in your soul, that God loves you and God's love for you never changes. When you feel discouraged, because we all feel that way sometimes, bring your discouragement into the wide-open arms of God. When you feel scared, like we all do sometimes, bring your fear into the wide-open arms of God. When you feel alone, isolated, cut off, like sometimes we all feel, bring yourself, bring all of who you are into the wide-open arms of God. Be encouraged, my friends. God is with us right now. In this room, God will go with us even as we leave this room. God goes with us every step of this crazy, wild, and sometimes scary journey that we call life. Remember, God is love, and God loves you. Amen? Amen. Let's continue our service of worship with the hymn, He Touched Me.
Now join me in reading the Confession of Faith, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Creator, the earth and all that is in it belongs to you. Inspire us to use what you have made, to give justice to the oppressed, food to the hungry, and freedom to the captives. May our offerings, given in your name, lift up those who are bowed down. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. As we come to the time of the prayers of the congregation, I just want to invite you, if you come this morning to our service of worship, carrying a heavy burden on your heart, mind, or soul for yourself or for someone else, maybe there's a situation going on uh, that you're aware of that maybe doesn't directly impact you, but you are concerned for, uh, I want to invite you to raise your hand at this time to indicate that you need prayer. Okay, I'm going to pray for these, and then we'll continue our service. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we come before you on behalf of our brothers and sisters who have shared, by lifting their hands, uh, these requests for prayer. No matter what these situations are that these hands represent, Lord, we lift them up to you and we pray uh, for courage and strength, for patience, perseverance, and healing, for hope reconciliation, faith. We pray that uh, in every one of these different scenarios, you would meet the needs that are present, that you would bring people together, that you would bring light out of darkness. We thank you, Lord, that you're faithful to not only hear our prayers, but to be active and present in all of these situations. Even if the scenario seems dark and we are discouraged by it, we continue to trust you with these. We lay them at your feet, and we pray that as we entrust them to your care, you'll provide us with faith. Faith to take each step through the situations that we are dealing with directly, and faith on behalf of our friends, family members, co-workers, whoever it is that we're praying for, whatever the situations may be. 
So we lift these up to you and we entrust them to your care. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary and join their unending Instructed at the beginning of our service, the communion elements were made available on the back table. There, uh, we're going to I'm going to pray for them uh, and then invite you to take them with me. So please join me in prayer as we pray over the communion elements this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you for this meal, for communion, the Eucharist, for what it represents. It is a gift. Every time we enter into this space of sacred reflection on this bread and this cup. We come recognizing that in the midst of us, in the midst of this meal, is a long, long story, a long tradition of remembering the gift of Jesus' love for us on the cross. As he prepared with his disciples the Passover meal, he told them, and centuries later we look back to that story, he told them, that this bread represented his body and this cup his blood. So we pray your blessing upon these elements, Lord. We pray your blessing upon this meal. We pray that our hearts would be awoken, that our eyes would be opened, that our, our souls, our bodies, everything of who we are would be centered upon the truth and the beauty and the gift that comes to us in this meal. And we pray your blessing upon it in Jesus' name. Amen. In celebrating the Passover with his disciples, Jesus took bread. He broke it. He gave thanks. And he said, whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Let us take the bread together. In the same way, Jesus took a cup built into the ritual and tradition of the Passover meal, and he held it up, he blessed it, and he said to his disciples, this cup represents my blood shed for you and shed for the sins of the whole world. Whenever you do this, do this in remembrance of me.
Let us take together. you to join me in praying the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let's continue our service of worship by singing the hymn, O God, Our Help in Ages Past. Receive the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. 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 Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Amen.